0: I had a hamstring cramp over the summer, and then I wasn't able to run for more than point three miles. I'd be in debilitating pain, yeah. and I saw a lot of people. I was in Africa over the summer, so I didn't have many resources while I was there. But I was able to actually see someone when I was in South Africa, and yeah. And then I came home, and I had a very short window to see people at home before coming back to school. And we went from. A nerve thing to compartment syndrome to really targeted my ankle for a long time, which granted my ankle mobility was horrible. (laughs) It's gotten a lot better now. So I'm really proud of that. (laughs) And then eventually finally got back onto the nerve thing. But there was a time in there where I really wondered if my career was over.
1: Welcome to the PT Rebels podcast. This is the place to learn how you can become a PT Rebel and take charge of your own health and wellness. We will help you find answers to your questions about pain, injury, and the path towards healing in the most efficient and effective way possible. I'm your host, Dr. Gina Fick. On today's episode, I'd like to step into the heart and mind of a current collegiate track and field athlete and gain perspective on what it means to be a champion and how you can overcome challenges and obstacles. As a high level athlete, I'd like to welcome my good friend, Reese Dragovich, to the podcast. Reese is currently a junior at Hillsdale College in Hillsdale, Michigan. And she is a mid distance runner and very successful track and field athlete at Hillsdale College. Reese, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. It's good to be here. It's great to have you on. Reese, can you tell us how we met, how long we've known each other? And just a little bit about yourself and your career at Hillsdale College. Yeah, we've
0: known each other since I was probably 10 years old to the long mm-hmm. time. <laughs> Met when I was doing track in middle school. And I think initially it's because I was running with Ryan, but then I got injured, of course. And so started seeing you <laughs> from almost day one. <laughs> and yeah, been seeing you ever since. because. because I just can't get enough. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, I ran through middle school, high school and still running now. So I still need PT all the time. But Hillsdale has been great. Been running 400, 800, mainly the 800. And we've had some success in the four by four as well. Been blessed with some awesome teammates. So that's been super fun. But yeah, excited going into my third year. Ready for some more fun on the track. I think I finally figured out how to run
1: the 800. So that's good. So tell us a little bit about your background and why you chose Hillsdale and what you value about your student athlete experience there.
0: Yeah. Hillsdale was on my list from the start, but it started on my list because, because it was a division two school and I was told it'd be good practice for division one schools. So I could talk to the coach and practice because I wouldn't go Division two. My high school was very much go division one and they're preparing you for that, which isn't a horrible thing, but I now know I would not enjoy that experience. It's a very different experience. So all of high school, I was very much, I'm going to go division one. And my second criteria was I'm going to go near family, which meant North Carolina or Colorado. (laughs) So clearly neither of those two things worked out because I'm in Michigan and I knew no one here, but as the process went on, schools just kept getting knocked off the list, knocked off the list. I talked to a lot of schools, a lot of coaches. A lot of them I found, I was like, I don't want to go here. Or the coaches were like, we don't actually really want you here. So I was like, okay, cool. And I remember telling Coach Copeland, he said, like, where are you interested in? And if you had to choose right now, where would you go? And I was like, well, I guess I'd go to Hillsdale, but that'll probably change. That's just because it's the only school right now. And I think I committed like a month later. I was like, I'm going to go there. But yeah, I picked Hillsdale mainly because of its uniqueness. It's an incredibly unique environment here, community. It's a very small school. I think my largest class last year had 19 students, 20 students. You get to know your professors very personally. It's a liberal arts education, which I greatly appreciate. And so I was really drawn in by the fact that if I didn't run track, there's nowhere else I would rather go than Hillsdale, which ended up being a very good decision because my coach actually left at the end of my freshman year. He still works for the college, actually, but he's no longer the coach. And so I was just really struck by that. Like when he left, obviously, I really, really liked him. I was very sad about that. But I remember telling him, you're the reason I got interested in Hillsdale. I'm like, you convinced me to come here. But you're not the reason I'm staying here. I really like you, but you're not the reason I'm staying. I truly just love this school. I love um, my teammates. Um, Even if my career ended now, I wouldn't leave Hillsdale College, which I think was a really good thing that my parents put into me of, you can't pick a school just because of a sports team and a coach, because that's going to change whether you get injured or the coach leaves or whatever. You have to pick a school that you truly enjoy and truly love. And I did. And
1: I've never regretted it. And I love it here. I don't know if you remember this, Reese, but I remember when you were in our house, Reese would Reese used to come over to our house and I would do physical therapy with her. And we had a talk one night because you were in what felt like a little bit of a dilemma between division one and division two and I think I was able to shed a little bit of insight just on my experience. And I clearly remember that night and that conversation. And can you talk a little bit about some of the conversation that we had about the pressure to go D1? But now that you have perspective from a D2 standpoint, what are some of the benefits and things that you value from the Division two level that you may not have been able to get from a division one experience?
0: I think the biggest thing that I remember us talking about, and I talked about with other people as well, was just the difference of division one being a business and division two, obviously it's still a business in a sense, but much less. And the coaches in division two have very different priorities. Mm -hmm. There is a much bigger emphasis on academics when you get into division, into division two. The joke we have, is division 2 athletes are actually student athletes and everybody else is just athletes which obviously is not true but we do have a much bigger emphasis on academics and doing well I've multiple teammates missing the meet this weekend because they're taking the mcat and that's not even a second thought it's like, yeah we're taking the mcat sorry coach. and the go to they're like good luck so that's a big difference but really just the business aspects i had many teammates go division 1 actually I think it may have been all my teammates that went to compete in college in my class in high school, went division one, except for me initially and multiple transferred, multiple are not running anymore. My cousin transferred to division two and loves it now. So it's just, it's a very different atmosphere. And I think the high school team that I was on was very much a family, very much. We're in this together. The coaches are going to mentor you. They're going to walk alongside you. And that's not something you find in Division One as often. That's not to say it's not there, but it's not something you greatly find. And I think the thing I love the most about Division Two (laughs) is obviously we have standards to get on the team. It's not like anyone can just walk on. But once you're on the team, the coaches do deeply care about you. And I see my coach pouring into every single person in our event group, whether you're the fastest one or the slowest one we have. And I think that's something that's very unique about being on a smaller team at a smaller school. And when everything is smaller, I think that's always better. (laughs) You're able to control it more, but also you're able to instill your vision and the community and the atmosphere that you want much easier. And so my coaches are like my mentors. They care about me as a whole person. They ask about our classes. They make sure we're doing well in class. Sometimes they're out in the academic buildings to say hi. They'll come eat lunch with us in the dining hall. I'm not sure if that's just because they love us. I think they also just love the dining hall. (laughs) So it's very much like they are mentors. They want us to succeed in life more than just doing well in track. And I think that's something that's really special that you should definitely look for in a coach and in an environment. Because even when my coach left, that was the environment that all the other coaches were also bought into. And I think it's something that's really special that I have a relationship with every single coach on our team. I run the 800. I only work with our Sprint hurdles coach, but I have a relationship with our head coach, who's the distance coach and our jumps coach and our throws coach. And it's just something that's really special. They care. They want you to do well. I think I had a big PR last year and the very first person to congratulate me and give me a hug at the end was our throws coach. And she he was, was so, so into the race. and we ran up to the finish line. It was really special of having that community across the whole team and not just with the one coach that you see every day.
1: Yeah, I love that. And I think what I like seeing the most is that you're having a great experience. You're having fun. And even through awesome. some of the trials that you've had, and obstacles, you've been able to maintain a really good foundation academically and also socially with your friends and your network of coaches. And I think, you know, that is something that's so valuable in your overall experience. And I think you gain even more insight probably every year into that as you do face some obstacles and challenges. So that being said, can you talk about Some of the challenges that you've had as an athlete, maybe in high school and also in college with injury and how you've been able to overcome those obstacles, not only physically with physical therapy, but also just mentally and how you've worked through that.
0: Yeah, I have had lots of injuries. (laughs) I think my first big injury that I remember was I tore my hamstring going into my freshman year of high school. I thought this was like the end of the world, and I remember this injury so well because it's the first time that you convinced me to get dry needled, and I was terrified out of my mind. And then I think I was struggling with this injury for like two, three weeks. Finally, agreed to get dry needled, and then it was like the next week I was running again or something. And I was like, "Man, I'm an idiot." Anyway, <laughs> so now I can't say no. I get dry needled all the time. I actually love dry needling; it's great, but. <laughs> Yeah, so that was my first injury. And then I ended up with a like stress fracture in my shin my freshman year. And that was really hard. I think that was the first time I really had my eyes opened to the fact that I was pouring my heart and soul into this sport and nothing else. And so that kind of started a trajectory in my life to not do that, (laughs) to not pour my life into track. That's not my identity. That's not who I am. And what really became my foundation was my faith and just building upon that, working into that, which I think it become very evident as I've chosen to be a religion major, which really here is a theology major. That's really become the core of my identity. That's what I want to do in my life. Like you were saying, the best part about this is I'm having fun and I'm building a community. At the end of the day, I don't want to be a professional runner. This isn't something I'm going to do my entire life. My goals are... Much bigger than that. I want to do a lot more than just run. Those injuries really helped me there. They also really got me into PT. (laughs) I love physical therapy. I could go hang out at the clinic for hours. I probably have way too many times. (laughs) But I think the one thing that my personal life has been impacted by PT in itself has obviously been health. But I was thinking about this the other day. I very rarely motivated to do PT. It is just not something I greatly enjoy doing, but it's something that's I found to be so important and that's kept me so healthy. And so what it really has come down to is just the discipline of doing it and finding people you want to do it with. Like I said, I spend hours <laughs> just that the when I'm home and I spend hours in our AT room here building that discipline of knowing what's important, what's good. Oftentimes, the only things we're motivated to do are the things we just want to do because they're easy and fun. And life is not always like that. We have to do things that we don't want to do. And it's just really building that discipline. There have been days I've been injured the past six months. We didn't know what it was for a long time. You figured it out quickly, but then other people kind of. Were bad, then I came back to school, and then we finally figured it out again. But anyway, there were days where I did not want to do my rehab, and I was like, "I am so tired." But it was never a question in my mind that I was going to do it because it's just been drilled into me like discipline is so much more important than motivation. And so I think that's been a really cool thing to see. I was thinking about that last night. I'm like, "Oh, that's nice. Got the discipline going. That's good." But yeah, this past injury, I think. Was probably the hardest one I've dealt with just because it was so prolonged and it was very unknown. I had a hamstring cramp over the summer and then I wasn't able to run for more than 0.3 miles. I'd be in debilitating pain. And I saw a lot of people. I was in Africa over the summer, so I didn't have many resources while I was there, but I was able to actually see someone when I was in South Africa. And yeah. And then I came home and I had a very short window to see people at home before coming back to school. And we went from a nerve thing to compartment syndrome to really targeted my ankle for a long time, which granted my ankle mobility was horrible. <laughs> it's gotten a lot better now. So I'm really proud of that. <laughs> and then eventually finally got back onto the nerve thing. But there was a time in there where I really wondered if my career was over. And I've said there's times when I've wanted my career to be over. You have a horrible race, you have a bad string of races, whatever. And you're just like, I'm done. I don't want to do this anymore. But I've never like truly thought this might be the end. Like I might never be able to run again, at least competitively. I really struggled with that for a while because I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do and just came back to that square one of, like, okay, who am I? Where am I getting my value from? Because at the end of the day, it can't be track and seals. And it really shouldn't be anything of this world because they're all going to fall apart at some point and they're going to get hard. Even relationships get hard and school, you get bad grades, you, you run bad races. So I really went back to my face and luckily, since I'm a religion major, I read a lot of the Bible and do a lot of that for school. Anyways, I definitely had the opportunity to pour into my faith and really just search that out and search myself and figure out, OK, why am I doing this? What am I doing this for? And at the end of the day, who am I? And it really comes down to I'm a child of God. I'm not a runner. I like to run. I think it's a lot of fun and I hope I do it for a long time, but that's not who I am. And I think that was a really beautiful thing that came of this. Thankfully, we did figure out what it is. (laughs) And I've been on the road to getting back into running. I did a workout yesterday, which was a lot of fun. And so I don't think my career is over, which is very good. But it definitely was and still is a big learning lesson, um, especially getting back into it. I think it's easy to learn these lessons when we're injured. Be like, yeah, my identity is in Christ. and then you start running again and you're like, okay, now it's running again because I can do this and I need to do it well. But really just having that unknown of I'm healthy, but we don't know how long that's going to last type of thing. Hopefully we're good now. It just keeps on going, but I'm wildly out of shape compared to my teammates. (laughs) And just knowing not falling into comparison, not falling into negative self-talk and negative self image, because I'm on a totally different path, totally different track than everybody else right now. And really just relying on my faith, even as I start running again, yeah. hadn't been definitely very hard. It's been a learning lesson. I feel like this whole past semester was learning a big lesson, but it's been a, it's been a very beautiful thing. And I think especially as I start training again, um, I got to do a workout with a teammate yesterday, which was really special. As I start getting back into that, I can see these lessons that I learned in that time more. And just the relationships I've been able to build with teammates has been cool. Just getting random texts from teammates throughout the year and seeing them, just their encouragement and then pushing me. You're not done yet. We're going to finish this out. We're running another four by four. We're getting back into this. <laughs> so it's been Definitely a time of growth throughout every injury, but I think always what it comes back to is this is not who you are. This can't be who you are. And you need to be keeping Christ above all else. And that's when life gets really beautiful.
1: I agree. And I know that looking back on some of the challenges I faced as high school and collegiate athlete injury, I think you realize how much of a gift it is that you've been given. And then when that's taken away, it really forces you to do soul searching and take a step back and realize where your priorities are and what your foundation is. And I think that's the beautiful thing is that you've been able to do that. And I've seen you do that with a lot of grace. I'm sure there's a lot of hard days and tears and um, maybe having a moment there, but that's completely normal. And I think it's how you start to go through and work through the day-to-day of all of that. I think for you, one of the biggest challenges was not really knowing exactly what was wrong. Because in the past, yeah. when you're a freshman and you had a bone stress injury, we knew what it was, we knew what you needed to do. It was really hard because you had to wait a long time in on crutches and a boot and then working, doing a lot of pool workouts, all of that. But then with this injury, there was a lot of uncertainty. And I think that was very challenging when you have so many different people I think it's your glute. I think it's your ankle. And I'm not sure what it is. Let's do some more testing. Mm -hmm. And can you tell us through all of that, what did you figure out was the cause of your pain? And how did the doctors treat that?
0: Yeah, it was definitely hard, the uncertainty of it. Um, Initially, we were like, it's something with a nerve. Did some nerve flossing exercises, which initially I thought were really weird. I'll get back into that because now I love nerve washing. and <laughs> they're great exercise. But we did that. Then thought it was compartment syndrome. And I know we were looking into things with that, but I ended up coming back to school. And like I said, did a ton of ankle rehab, which actually did help with some of the pain management. My ankle mobility was horrible and my ankle strength was horrible. Athletes definitely look at your ankle, very important joint. And there were movements I just physically couldn't do because my ankle was so tight. But initially, after three MRIs, multiple X-rays, multiple tests, um, we ruled everything else out and did an ultrasound on my hamstring and found a nerve that was pinched, so to speak, in the muscle. And so ended up going with a hydrodissection which sounds scary. I've freaked out. (laughs) But it's literally just an injection of water with a little bit of liquid ibuprofen and lidocaine just to calm it down after the injection. But what they did was inject water around the nerve kind of to create a bubble to break up the scar tissue that was pinching it. And it was crazy, actually, because I went in for the first injection and was in pain going in. I was pretty much in pain all the time at this point. he did the injection. He's like, okay, walk around. And I like walked down the hole and had no pain. And I was like, uh, <laughs> what kind of magic with that? That's really weird. <laughs> and the very next day, I ran a mile. And it was crazy. And I was like, really freaked out. it was like, what is going on? This is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Looking back on it, like it was it was a pretty crazy thing. Like mentally, I was struggling still at that point. But now that I'm past that mental barrier. I'm like, wow, that was really cool. Like it just works. And so then I continued with the nerve flossing um, a lot, which I love. Actually, I do nerve flossing on both legs before every practice now. And it just makes me feel really good. So (laughs) I like it. Um, And continued with some ankle mobility just to make sure my ankles stay good. But then I was able to run for about four weeks, five weeks, pretty consistently. And then ended up needing a second injection. In a different spot in my leg, just missed that spot the first time. It's not like a reoccurring thing, which was very good news to me. <laughs> and since that second one, I've basically been able to train fully. I took two days easy after the second injection, and then really just went back into training. We were at the point where kind of had to start just going at it to see what would happen because the season started. <laughs> and so I've really been able to train fully since then. Um. The past two weeks have really been the most consistent normal training that I've done in six, seven months now.
1: To explain to everyone who's not versed in this type of injury, Reese, at the end of the season, had a relatively minor hamstring strain. And then after that, we think some scar tissue developed around probably the sciatic nerve and its branches and that was causing a lot of symptoms in her leg. Can you describe the symptoms that you were having in your leg? Yeah. I think this is what made it so difficult because
0: where the nerve was pinched, it was before it branches off. And so I had pain all over my leg, (laughs) like basically knee down. I had a lot of pain through my knee and my knee would actually walk up quite a bit too, which was weird. But then down the back of my calf was pain, which kind of led to the compartment syndrome idea. But then the weirdest thing was I was having a foot drop when I was running, which was very strange. And I also had pain through my ankle as well, which is what led us to the ankle idea initially. So that was definitely the weirdest thing because there was pain all over my leg in every direction, basically. And ultimately, it was just all rooted in my hamstring in like one spot. And once that spot was alleviated, all the other pain went away.
1: The the procedure that Reese is talking about is called a nerve hydrodissection. And basically it helps to release the scar tissue around the nerve so that the nerve has normal mobility. And then she's not getting those symptoms down into the leg. And so some of the differential diagnosis that we did that went into it was clearing her lumbar spine, and I mm-hmm. felt like that was normal. She had an MRI of her mm-hmm. which was normal, but she did have neural tension and she had neural tension with resisted hamstring activity. So that kind of made me think that there could be a hamstring syndrome going on, but I knew it was advanced, just from the fact that she had foot drop and some other things going on in her leg, she really couldn't run for more than a minute or so, or sometimes yeah. less. And then the symptoms would just start. Yeah. And the key was getting that diagnostic ultrasound and the doctor did a good job of identifying where the entrapment was and doing the hydrodissection. So I think it speaks to having providers who are willing to listen to you and dive deeper into what the symptoms are and what's causing it and not give up and say, oh, it's just that or we're not sure what it is. And I think your doctor there did a really good job. I think that you could potentially have just missed your whole junior season. So Mm -hmm. kudos to those doctors and your athletic trainers and your coaches were patient with you, which is really amazing Mm -hmm. because there's a lot of programs, especially at the division one level where they would have just moved on and they really would not have put as much energy, I think, into figuring out the problem and being patient with you. So I think that's Mm -hmm. another testament to the experience that you're having there. And I'm really Appreciative of that, not only as your friend, but as your physical therapist, that you are able to have that experience. Can yeah. you also speak to how this affected you mentally and the benefits of having a mental health coach or sports performance coach that is able to help walk you through these things?
0: Yeah, that is such a gift that we have here. One, the health center here has free counseling for every student. They had specific counselors who are trained in sports counseling and sports as well. And so one of them actually was on the track team at Hillsdale and she's amazing. I've seen sports therapists off and on just throughout my career, done mental toughness stuff, whatever. When it really hit me was when I actually started running again. The injury itself was very hard and trying to figure it out was very hard. But then when it was like, okay, you can go run. I was like, what? It's been six months. No, I can't. And just really having to build up trust in my body because I did not believe that it would be fine. And so walking through that and regaining trust and confidence in what I could do. And that's not even like what I can do racing wise that was literally just that I could go run the warm up and I was going to be okay at the end of it was really hard. And I think also... Maintaining that. It's something I'm still working with because we got to the point where we have to start training. We got to get into it. And I was cleared to run officially the same day that I was in pain again. So I was cleared to run after the first injection and I ran that practice and I was in pain again. And a couple of days later, got the second injection. And so after the second one, really just trusting, okay. Like, hey, It's going to be okay. We're going to get there was hard. And it still is hard just knowing every practice. I don't know how it's going to end up going. And I like to know things, (laughs) but really getting to the point where I could say, okay, even if this workout ends in pain, we know what the pain is. We know how to treat it. I know how to manage it and I can trust that this workout was beneficial. Even if it ends in pain, it's still benefiting me. And I think just being able to talk to someone who has had experiences in track, but who's also a professional and can (laughs) advise me professionally and actually give me helpful, beneficial things is so important. I think a lot of athletes don't want to pursue that. There's some stigma around it. Here, I think... I don't have a problem with it. I'm very open about it. I think it's a super helpful thing, especially as an athlete, because the mental strain that we go through, even not being injured, is hard. Being a student athlete, you handle a lot and the mental load is very taxing. And so having someone to talk to, but also someone who you can trust is going to give you useful tools and good advice is really helpful. And it's helped me a lot, uh, just regaining trust In my body, in myself, and regaining love and joy for the sport. My favorite thing that I do now (laughs) after learning all this stuff is keeping a success log after practice. Basically, at the end of every practice, write down three things that you feel like went well that practice. And what it ultimately ends up being is a gratitude journal, three things that you're thankful for that went well. And then one thing that you can learn from the practice and work on. So the three to one ratio. Uh, good and bad. I, I do a lot of self-talk because so I have a tendency to fall into a lot of negative self-talk. My love language is words of affirmation. And so I find negative self-talk. So along with that journal and like repeating to yourself, my value comes from who I am, not what I do. And everything that happens is in my best interest and is an opportunity to learn and grow. And I think at the end of every practice, a little debrief has been really special. and healing and beneficial for me as I get back into running. And it's been cool to see um, how that's progressed. Because the first couple of times I did it was like, I ran a lap today with no pain. (laughs) And now I ran a whole workout and felt great. Or I felt terrible, but I did it. And just a couple days ago, I got to wear spikes for the first time in six months, seven months. I wore spikes. It was so exciting. (laughs) So it's cool to see that progress as well. But the mental aspect is huge. Someone once said, track is 90% mental and the rest
1: is in your head. I think one thing that adversity or obstacles bring is that you're going to be able to look back at these moments in your life as you continue to get older and grow and, you know, get married, have a family, have a career, whatever it may be. And when you start to go through rough times or challenges, you know that you can build upon what you've been through in the past and you can remember what got you through it. And mm-hmm. I think. That's one of the blessings and gifts from the obstacles that I've been able to learn is that looking back, those experiences weren't very fun at the time, but I know now how I was able to get through them and the things that really the core values and my faith and the things that allowed me to get through those obstacles and challenges are things that I still draw on now. And so I think that's going to be true for you as well. So looking forward in your career, after you graduate from Hillsdale, Reese, what are some of your career goals and how do you feel like some of these challenges will help prepare you to serve others in the future?
0: Yeah, I want to teach to some extent. I would love to go into international missions of some kind, specifically orphan care. My family is very involved with a ministry in Ethiopia, so I've grown up around that. And I would love to do that full time in the future. Immediate steps after college, probably get a master's, maybe two masters. I don't know. (laughs) We'll see. And potentially pursue a PhD in theology as well. I'm a nerd. I like that kind of thing. So we'll see. I would also love to coach. I think coaches have one of the biggest impacts on a kid's life, whether that's good or bad. And I've been blessed with very amazing coaches. And so (laughs) I would like to be that for someone else. I still keep up with my coaches from middle school and high school. I, my coaches here are amazing. I love them um and just I've seen an impact on my life in huge ways in track. I've learned so much, and so I'd love to be able to do that as well. Yeah. I definitely think one thing that track yeah. really teaches you and prepares you for is just unity in the midst of diversity. Yeah. Track is a very weird sport. We have the most diverse team of any sport ever. I could not physically do the other events on our team and we can't cross over. If one of our throwers goes down, I'm not stepping in for them. I physically can't do that. But then at the same time, we need to be a team and we need to unite and do things together. Like we're going to win conference. Everyone has to perform. And to be a good teammate, I need to be able to support everyone. And so I think that's just a very beautiful thing that Track has shown me of being able to embrace diversity while pushing for unity at the same time, because unity is not just conformity or being the same, but actually uniting around a common goal and using your different skills. So I think that's one thing that Track has really shown me the beauty of But also in the midst of adversity, I think one of the biggest lessons I've learned is it's possible to be a successful teammate while being injured and while being not able to run. There's so much more than just your performance that impacts the people around you. Your attitude, your faith, your just words that you spill out, um, the way you carry yourself that is so much more important than your actual performance. And so I think there's going to be a lot of times in my life where I fail to perform or I don't meet expectations. There are challenges where like the past six months I was injured. I couldn't run, but knowing you can still be a successful teammate. Success is not defined solely by your performance. And so Being able to love people well, being able to walk alongside people well, being able to look past your own struggles and your own difficulties and reach out to the people around you who also have struggles and difficulties and being able to be more excited about your teammates race than the fact that you weren't able to race or if you had a bad race, still being able to pump up your teammate um, and be excited for them and support other people. I think... The biggest lesson has just learning to be selfless in the times when I want to be the most selfish (laughs) and just learning how to support other people and to walk alongside other people and not just only look at myself because that's really easy to do when you are in a lot of trouble and a lot of hardship and pain and whatnot. I think that'll be useful in life, (laughs) might not be the most fun in life, but it'll be useful.
1: And it's the lesson I'm really thankful I've learned. Yeah. I have no doubt that you're going to carry those um, challenges and lessons that you've learned on to really bless others. And I'm so proud of you. And I just want to thank you for being on the podcast today and sharing these things with everyone. You're a real gift to your team, to your coaches, and I know to your family and to me as well. And I can't wait to see you grow this year and next year and the years to come. You have so much to offer as a friend, as a teammate, as just a person who is so encouraging to others and so uplifting. And when, when you walk into a room, Reese, honestly, it lights up. So. I'm so proud of you and I am just thankful for your time today. And I know that our listeners are really going to be encouraged by what you had to say and that you're going to help a lot of people, not only from this podcast, um, but everyone that you meet and and come around um, will be blessed by you. Thank you for having me. (laughs)